Hey, it's Karen Hunter from the Karen Hunter Show on Sirius XM Urban View. Here's a highlight from today's show. She is a strategy and operation officer for Zero to Three, which will ensure that all babies and toddlers have a strong start in life. I love, I love the mission. Let me welcome the one and only Jennifer Boss to the Karen Hunter Show. Hi. Hi. Thank you. Yes. Tanya Pinkins is here as well. She's my co-host for the day. We were talking off mic a little bit because I was, you know, walking, doing, getting my 11,000, now 11,500 steps in every day. And I was walking uh, over the weekend and on Monday I came in and I was talking about, you know, I don't know why babies came into my mind. They're just uh, amazing, fearless, boundless, <laughs> don't, aren't infected with racism and stuff. So, you know, but I was also thinking about how they just get up and do like crawl, walk, talk like it's, and they don't, don't question themselves. They're not sitting there doubting. They just get up. And if they fall a thousand times, they're going to get up. And that one time they're going to figure it out for mm-hmm. you starting or being a part of zero to three. Tell us something in line with what I just said that will help us understand even ourselves as adults. Yeah. Well, um, so thank you again for having me. Happy to talk about babies all the time, all babies all the time. Um, so babies do uh, have this sort of innate drive to learn. They come into the world. They are thinking about things. Um, they are interested in the world. They are curious. They uh, have this sort of drive to, to explore, to to try when they, when it's time to sort of move around and crawl and their bodies are ready or walk they are innately sort of just curious and wanting to explore the world but that doesn't happen without supportive caring attentive attuned nurturing adults around them to help them along that journey um so you know, I'd sometimes say we're not like, you know, sort of turtles or snakes, you know, <laughs> our, our mothers don't lay us in eggs and then leave us and then we hatch and we're just in the world by ourselves making it on our own. We are social creatures. Um, babies uh, have a, a need um, to be in relationship with adults who are caring for them, um, not only for their survival, but for their healthy growth and development, including their mental health. So I don't know if that answers your question. No, actually that adds to it because babies in community can thrive. Babies outside of community don't do so well. So I I actually, that helps everything that I was thinking about. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, I wanted to inspire people to not quit on the things that they may want to do, you know, and to remember what maybe go back maybe in their DNA to the, a time when they didn't have any fears. Like I, I just wanted to encourage people to not ever quit, you know, because you don't know. There was a, a woman that wrote her first book at 66, just published her first book that I'm reading, listening to. And it's like, she got rejected 95 times and, mm-hmm. and still had enough courage to keep writing and to get back out there. And it was the 96 time that was a yes you know so I'm just yeah I love that but I'm sure she had a community too that encouraged she her. had where she got that courage and uh, that that sort of sense of courage and sense of self was from those very earliest years where someone who was caring for her encouraged her to take chances 
and encouraged her to be curious and sent her messages that when she crawled or when she looked at something or when she was startled and cried that they responded to her and those messages were I'm valuable I'm worthy I can do it I am interesting somebody is interested in me and those messages are ingrained in us from a very early early age from the very earliest time of our lives and those are the things that sort of build over time that allow us as adults to be courageous, to take chances, to ask questions, to be willing to fail, um, to be willing to try and fail and fall and get up and try again, because that foundation was laid and instilled in us from the earliest moments of our lives. Jennifer Boss, uh, strategy and operations officer, uh, zero to three dot org zero to three the number uh not the number z-e-r-o-t-o three spelled out dot org yes. who started this and why 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 was it necessary and then how <laughs> how do people engage with it um well uh zero to three is a national organization um that was started oh probably i'm going to get the number wrong but around 50 years ago uh, by a group of um, multidisciplinary professionals. So we had uh, psychologists, psychiatrists, pediatricians, nurse, nurses, who came together um, at a time when uh, our sciences and our, our behavioral sciences and our mental health field was starting to really pay close attention to infant and early childhood mental health and recognizing that there weren't a lot of people really paying close attention to infant, um, infancy. And um, so they started this sort of multidisciplinary organization that was focused on the well-being of infants and toddlers. And we've grown over time. We have lots of different projects and departments that is really all focused, as you said in the beginning, on the well-being of infants, um, toddlers, and their families. Um, so we do a lot of different types of work um, now, but really it's just grounded in this belief that paying attention to the earliest years um, has dividends and payoffs for all of us later on. Mm. What kind of paying attention? I mean, the person who spends the most time with them is their parents. So what kind of paying attention do parents need to do to, to do this kind of stimulation? So, um, so we actually are Parents are one audience, but also professionals who are working with infants and toddlers, where they're talking in early care. Like 90% of the people of the world cannot afford professional anything. They're barely, you know, people right now are barely able to keep roofs over their heads. So how can people engage with your principals if they can't afford the professional services? Well, uh, lots of uh, people have caregivers, parents, babysitters childcare providers, pediatricians. Um, so there are a lot of professionals sort of in spaces that are already caring for infants and toddlers, not necessarily uh, sort of extra services. I, but I get what you're saying, Tonya, about, you know, sort of there, there, are, there are additional kind of supports and services that do cost and that not everybody has access to, um, for sure. Um, but when I say sort of paying attention to infants and toddlers, I'm talking about 
what do professionals who are caring for who are in spaces and in childcare programs, in preschool programs, um, in in um, uh, early, other types of early care and education programs, what do they need? What type of information do they need? What types of supports do they need to really fully understand uh, child development and the impact on the children they're caring for? Uh, what do pediatricians need um, to have that kind of uh, child development background and, and information so that when they're talking to parents, um, they can bring a full sense of child development into those conversations. We also uh, work with policymakers. So really thinking about from a, from a policy standpoint, providing information to the people who are making our laws and making our policies that impact families, giving them the information so they have a they have knowledge of how those laws impact the well-being of families with infants and toddlers. So it's a whole sort of range of, of things that Zero so Degrees I'm, I'm looking for specifics because you, you, know, you just hit on one of my sort of button places. Mm -hmm. And the zero to three range is the number one range for trafficked children. So you've got an organization that's been working for 50 years. To me, like that is an area, it's the number one business in the planet, bigger than drugs, bigger than guns. So how are we, how is your organization impacting even just protecting children? And, and this trafficking is usually happening in the home, in the schools. How, to me, they can't learn if they're already being abused from the time they're, they're, they're born. Like, I, I want to know specifically what I can do. What can I tell other people to do? Yeah. Well, I, I will say that uh, in that specific uh, uh, issue of trafficking, zero to three doesn't necessarily have a, we don't have a, a project where we deal specifically in trafficking, but you may be interested in our safe babies work. Um, so if you go to the website, to the zero to three website, and you uh, look up the safe babies work, that's work that we're doing in states and communities with uh, family courts, with the court system, mm. with child welfare, um, because there's, you know, there's a lot of information about the impact on infants and toddlers in child welfare. About every seven minutes, somewhere in the United States, a baby or toddler is removed from their parents uh, due to suspected maltreatment. So you're, you know, you are right, uh, you know, in that sort of uh, important space when you're talking about child maltreatment and infants and toddlers. Um, so we have some programs that work with st states and work with systems to try to ensure that the people who are making decisions about the welfare of children are fully grounded in understanding the impact on infants and toddlers. You know, I, I brought Jennifer Boss on uh, today because there are many people who are listening, because uh, again, we are a service who are raising children, they don't give you a manual. They don't tell you all of the things that you need to know. It's a resource for our listeners who are um, parents, grandparents, you know, aunties and uncles and, you know, folk that are raising children in this country. Um, there's a 30 million word gap. There are health disparities, of course. We know uh, what Tanya's bringing up, the, the, the abuse and trafficking of children. We talked about that yesterday with the Jeffrey Epstein case. Uh, and children are boundless and limitless, right? So we need to know, um, as you point out, that 
The science is that they have all of these neurons that need to be connected. So our job is to help them make those connections. Our job is to make sure that those first formative years, and we know that children are still developing until they're 26, but those Mm -hmm. first three years are the most important. And so I just want to know, Jennifer, what are some things that people need to do over the first three years that will make the greatest impact to have a whole, besides not um, traffic or abuse or you know sexually otherwise what are some things that we can do to help our children become the most whole and complete yeah well one of the things that um i have always said i used to say all the time when i was actually working directly with families um and children number one for parents caregivers mothers fathers those who are caring for children um, to remember first of all that they know the most about their baby They are the expert on their own child um, and to trust their instincts. Um, And um, so there are a number of ways that uh, parents can be supported to provide the type of environment in which those those wonderful things that you talked about, Karen, can happen um, for babies um, where they can be supported and nurtured. there are simple, it's, a, it's both simple and complex. Um, and, you know, that the, the, simply it means the adults who are caring for children are responsive, are, um, you know, sort of um, giving them the types of, of, of caring that is needed that are responding to their needs uh, contingently, meaning, you know, if, the, if, if your baby is fussy, um, that you are soothing them, um, that the adult is talking to them, the adults read to them, um, you know, all the things that are like, but that seems simple. Um, it can be complex when the adults themselves need support to do that. The baby is ripe and ready for that type of interaction uh, babies who were born into the world who are sort of typically developing as, as, as we would think about that are ready and ripe. Sometimes babies bring their own biology and physiology into the world that makes it a little harder to figure out how to engage with them. But all babies are ready and ripe for that kind of engagement. So, and sometimes parents and caregivers need help to help them figure out how to do that. Um, parents caregivers, they we also bring our own selves. So if I have, if I'm a parent who has not had that type of caregiving myself, I didn't experience that as a child. I didn't experience that type of um, attuned, responsive kind of interaction with an adult, with a loving adult. I might not have that in my own toolbox to give to my baby. So that's when someone can step in, pediatrician, social worker, uh, therapist, support person um, to say, let me help home visitor. Let me help you figure out how to do the things for your baby that you didn't necessarily have within you, but we can figure it out together and I can work with you on helping you to do that. So, you know, the, that dance, that, uh, that back and forth interaction between the caregiver and the child is again, sort of a simple way of thinking about um, the type of caring that children need 
to thrive, but it can also be hard if that parent doesn't have it doesn't have all the tools in them to do that. And that so, no, it does. So when people go to zero to three dot org, um, mm-hmm. say you just had a baby. Yes, mm-hmm. your mama came in to help. You know, she's going. She's going to go after a few weeks. Um, maybe your mom's not around. Maybe your pop's not around. You know, maybe you are a single person raising a child. Uh, maybe you just adopted a child. You know, mm-hmm. that is one. Uh, when people come to zero to three, where do they go? Because a lot of times people don't even know. All right, I can click on resources. And where would you suggest? What Walk us through. Well, well, first of all, I would, uh, so if I'm a parent, I would suggest looking for resources that were developed for parents, but I would also say, don't stop at zero to three. We have amazing resources. We have amazing information and tools that are there for parents, for professionals, and for policymakers. And that's one place to go. We're not going to help. We're not good. Zero to three. The website is not going to give you community. Right. And so I would, you know, encourage people to look at the website and search. If you're a parent, search for what we have for parents. I would also encourage looking for other types of supports. So, for example, um, you know, if you are a in the, the example that you shared, a single mom, you know, sort of got a new baby. Uh, don't have a lot of uh, supports in my own family around. Uh, I would look for, are there, is there an early Head Start program in my community that I can um, enroll in with my child? Are there community services and supports that are uh, available for, for um, parents and children? What does my church have um, you know, available for me? Um, do I have a pediatrician? Ask my pediatrician what kind of supports that my pediatrician might offer uh, for me and for my baby. So I would look in multiple places to begin to build that community of support, that circle of support that all parents need. All parents need that. Yes. Jennifer Boss, um, zero to three.org. You can go to zero to three on the Twitters. Um Listen, those of you who are are out there in the space, and if you want to, if you don't have children, you just want to get involved to help. This and this is a tricky thing. We're going to talk more about this part because uh, I know Tanya has been doing extensive work, documentaries around trafficking. Well, I want to talk about this uh, as well. So I'm gonna let Jennifer go because uh, she's not going to be talking about this. But much success to you, zero to three, zero to three dot org. Thank you for coming in today. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. You. Jennifer Boss. Hey, this is Karen Hunter. You can listen to The Karen Hunter Show live every Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. East on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.